Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives with new episodes airing every Tuesday. I'm Amanda Norris, and I'm the Revenue Cycle Editor for Health Leaders. Today, I'm here to chat with Patty Barkley, COE and CEO of Bowdoin Eye and Associates Eye Surgery Center of North Florida. Thank you so much for joining me, Patty. It's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, thank you. So to get us started, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your personal and professional background and the important work you do now. Yeah, so I've been in ophthalmology. It's been my specialty my entire career um, for now 44, maybe 45 years. Um, I'm older than dirt. So, but with that, you know, I've been around as long as pegboard, uh, way back when pegboard was there, way back when patients spent the night in the hospital to have a cataract surgery. I've seen so many changes and so many changes in technology that has helped us create efficiencies, but also creates, you know, with efficiencies and technology, sometimes it creates gaps too, where things can fall through the cracks, right? So um, I enjoy um, eye care. I have a practice where I have six providers um, right now I have surgeons, so I have ophthalmologists and I have optometrists. I have opticals, so we're dealing with optical purchases as far as glasses and contact lenses. We are a um, practice that deals a lot with premium services, which means on the revenue side of things, we do a lot of cash pay um, upgrades. We do a lot of cash pay services where there's not insurance coverage um, in place for those. So there's a lot of different things that happens with our revenue cycle and keeping patients satisfied and creating standards where when you're dealing with a cash pay patient that you're keeping them satisfied and you're keeping them very um, happy with the investment they just made in that premium purchase, right? Because um, you want people to be satisfied with the outcomes and be happy with what they um, spent their money on, right? You don't want any regrets. So we have a surgery center. So that adds a whole nother aspect in the state of Florida. It's a separate entity. So we've got different billing entities taking place within the organization as well. Professionally, I um, am the president-elect for ASOA, which is the American Society of Ophthalmic Administrators. I am also the program chair for the administrative program for Hawaiian Eye. And all of us are leaving Friday to get to that meeting for a week. Um, it is a really fun meeting. I know everybody thinks, oh, they're going to Hawaii, but it is a working meeting and the greatest of minds get to be there and we just really bounce ideas off of each other. So for me, I love new technology. I love the integration of new services, whether it be a integration of technology that's kind of behind the scenes that make us look pretty and better or whether it be something that's out front that we're offering to the patients. And then we have to figure out how are we going to get a return on investment for that particular technology. So I get to do a little bit of everything and that's what makes me enjoy my career and my passion. Absolutely, so you're very busy. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> as you know, providers in the health systems were struggling financially in 2022 as they tried to navigate you know, COVID-19, inflation, labor shortages and rising expenses. So have you seen the same within your practices and how are you navigating the challenges? 
Yes, absolutely. You know, for so many years in a row, we've watched um, revenue cuts, you know, healthcare, for some reason, everybody thinks the doctors make a lot of money. So we get cut while the patients, you know, co-pays, deductibles, all of those things go up and the insurance companies are making more and more money, right? So it, it becomes challenging, you know, how do you handle a business where the revenue streams that are coming in, you have to be so creative with the cash pay or the private pay portions because the insurance and the traditional healthcare portions are reducing what you're getting paid. So you have to be very smart and understand that you have a captive audience walking through your door. And it's important that the patient's outcomes be stellar, you know, whether it's visual outcomes or experience, but also um, the experience with how was the billing handled? How efficiently was it? Was a patient upset about something they had to pay for? Was there a proper explanation? Um, you know, how transparent are you with your patients? Um, and then comes the whole other level of staffing. Um, this week we've been trying to hire and we've had three interviews not show up. They were um, confirmed. Um, they even did a predictive index uh, personality survey but yet they no show for the interviews. So it's a unique time, I think, in all of business, not just healthcare with what we're dealing with. So it becomes very, very important that your loyal employees understand how valued they are to you and that you look to see who's really carrying those loads, who's your infrastructure. Um, and when I say infrastructure, it's not just policy and procedure. I think we have a foundational infrastructure of individuals who are part of a team and are instrumental in our success on a daily basis. And really owning that infrastructure is important. But when it comes to your revenue cycle, how are you working to thrive under this pressure? You mentioned new technology earlier. Is there anything in particular that's helping there? Uh, yeah. So with Next Tech, you know, we've been a Next Tech provider practice for gosh, maybe about 15 years. It was the first EMR and practice management system we went on and we've stayed on it and we've worked through it and the tweaks and next fix just awesome to work with. So one of the recent things I did is they have some payment um, processes that make payment processing easier within the organization. You know, we were working with um, things where you had to go outside and do the credit card transaction and then come in and post it. Now we can just do it all within the software program. Um, my staff is in love with the new payment processing systems that we've put in place. Anything we can do to eliminate one step, two steps, or even three or four steps, it's better for the employee and better for the patient. And of course, better for your accounting long term. So being able to do that's really important. We're pretty, um, I would say, old school in some ways uh, that we collect up front. You know, we really work verifications and use systems that are available to us to figure out has the patient met their deductible, what's due from them up front. And we want to really inform that patient up front of what they're responsible for so that they're never, ever surprised at the front desk because that makes no sense. Why would we let somebody drive all the way to our office to tell them that, you know, we need money that they don't have with them, right? So we use every system and every technology we can find to help preempt those kind of things to make the experience great. So as you mentioned, the practice can't flourish without its patients. And since certain areas of the revenue cycle are directly tied to patient satisfaction, just like, as you said, patient access and billing, what have you done to keep those areas of your revenue cycle thriving and patient-centered? I know you just 
kind of touched on it a little bit, but what else are you seeing? Well, for me personally, you know, I'm CEO and I have all these organizations and so many things I'm involved in, but it is really an area that I stay in day to day. I um, don't want to get so far removed from it that I'm not fully aware of any patient complaint or any patient dissatisfaction with how we are doing something, whether that is a scripting and the way somebody delivered a message to a patient, whether it was a text message they got, for instance, we were working with a software program where we could text out balances to patients. And um, the biggest patient complaint constantly was they thought it was a scam. They thought they were getting a scam text from us to pay a bill. Um, so obviously that didn't work for us long-term because we couldn't figure a way to take away the stigma that this didn't look legitimate from us, right? So um, I think for me personally, it's becoming a part of the process. I've gotten to be a patient this year in a couple of practices and man, I'm in heaven when I get to go, you know, as long as I'm healthy, I am in heaven when I get to go in and watch how they're doing things and what I like and what I don't like, because I can think just like a patient, right? And I think that's what we all do. We need to put ourselves in the shoes of the patient and think, how would I want to be handled in this particular situation? And then create policies and processes um, to make things more efficient for the patient. Many of us do not have time to get on the phone and call the hospital to ask about a bill. We need to have um, technology and ways to email or ask a question and get an answer or response, you know, almost 24 seven, if you will. Since we're here to chat about thriving under economic pressure, I can't let you go without asking about a topic that's been top of mind for a lot of CEOs and revenue cycle leaders, and that's the No Surprises Act. So how have you been juggling the various nuances of the regulation, especially since you have multiple practices in the surgery center? I'm sure it's been a complicated journey. Yeah, in a sense, it has been some of the nuances, but at the same time, because we've kind of gone over and a and beyond being transparent with our patients in the past, I don't think it's been as hard for our staff to embrace this as it might've been for others. We've always been very, very transparent about, you know, hey, this is the plan you're on. This is what's covered. This is what's not covered. These are the options available for you. Um, and that's a day in and day out process for us. Um, you know, something as simple as, and I see this from other practices sometimes where it's kind of a concern where, Say you have a premium service you're offering and it's an upgraded service that's above and beyond Medicare, for instance. Um, we have that in premium IOLs. Well, Medicare will cover the standard IOL, but they have coverage for premium new technology services. You have to be very transparent with that. You know, you pick a fee, right? You've decided this is our upgrade fee and so many practices just pick a fee. But for instance, where, where did you come up with that? If you're challenged to explain to CMS or a government entity, where did this fee come from? You should have worked through that process. You should have on paper somewhere put, well, here's what's included in the fee. Here's, here's how we arrived at that fee. And here's how we're going to share with the patient those same um, tidbits of information so that there's full transparency, so that we're never put in a situation with, you know, this new act, these new things where we're challenged or someone challenges us to an organization because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. You know, at the end of the day, nobody's going to be perfect. People are going to, uh, practices are going to misstep every now and then, but it really is how you handle that misstep and how your communication is with the patient 
and how you document and go and clean up your process if you have made a misstep. And I think the thing is, is some practices, instead of proactively planning, proactively putting processes in place to prevent missteps, they work reactively and just work on the, um, you know, explosion that takes place and the fire that now we have to put out. So we've always been that proactive practice and proactively using our resources, whether it's Next Tech, whether it's our banking industry, whether it's our, you know, consultant attorney, whether it's our consultant accountants, where is the best information coming from to decipher and how to interpret and um, put that in, into play? And that's what we've done. Well, thank you. Well, that's all the time we have for today, unfortunately. But thank you so much for joining me, Patty. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. This brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. And we'll be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights.